0: Hello. Welcome to the Doing CX Right Podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Sherman, devoted to helping leaders like you intentionally increase brand loyalty and cultivate better relationships by doing customer experience right. Not talking or thinking about it, but really taking action and doing experience management the right way This show is about guided steps to achieve better human and business outcomes, which has nothing to do with competing on price. This season of shows digs deep into new research and case studies reviewed with highly acclaimed authors and experts. Plus, you'll hear my insights as a practitioner working with various sectors and organizations. Besides business, you'll also hear personal stories and invaluable lessons to fuel your personal growth as we bring our whole self to work. Please share this podcast with others who can benefit and subscribe to my newsletter at doingcxright.com for updates and helpful resources to advance your business and career. Today, I'm exploring a fascinating aspect of customer experience with my special guest, who's an expert in emotional intelligence and customer experience. We're focusing on the intriguing interplay between unconscious biases and brain processes and their impact on brand loyalty and customer satisfaction. How do you think different forms of intelligence influences these unconscious biases during customer interactions? What unexpected ways does the unconscious mind shape customer behavior? And how can businesses effectively measure and leverage this understanding? Well, you're going to hear answers to these as I dive into how a deep comprehension of biases can significantly differentiate a brand in today's competitive marketplace. My guest and I also discussed the innovative strategies that can enhance customer engagement and satisfaction by addressing these hidden psychological elements. I truly love this episode as it's like no other. And I'm gonna let my special guest introduce herself because she is truly one of a kind. You're going to hear firsthand. So let's get started. Hello, Sylvie Dugesta. Welcome to the Doing CX Right Show.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Stacey. I'm so excited this is happening since we met a few months ago in a huge crowd of more than 1,200 people. And you certainly stood out. And I still remember our first encounter and thought, I got to know what Stacey is doing. And I was so thrilled to find out all the amazing things that you're doing in the customer experience space.
0: Well, I will be smiling after this for days and people will understand why shortly. I want to also preface that I got to see Sylvie on stage with AI technology. It was a dream the way she showed up and delivered a message. And let me say, you've raised the bar, not just for all speakers, but like, I mean, all
1: humans. (laughs) Thank you very much. And it was a child child of labor, a labor of child, uh, the other way around. Uh, For four (laughs) years, I've been working on this project and I'm using uh, holographic technology, 3D imaging technology, AI technology. And so I create a 360 degree experience on stage. Just imagine that you are not... um, part of a PowerPoint presentation. You are actually part of a three-dimensional experience.
0: I took pictures, so I'm going to show that in my uh, show notes. So let's get into who are you? What do you do for
1: a living? <laughs> uh, like you, I'm a professional speaker, which means I help organizations in the corporate space, associations, and government agencies um, at conferences and events that they host. And my specific area is emotional intelligence. I help people to uh, lead better, sell faster, and persuade instantly by leveraging their emotional intelligence.
0: What triggered you? What experience made you say, that's what I want to do? That's what I want to study?
1: Well, unlike you, Stacey, I know you have a very successful corporate career behind you. Uh, I have the same history. Mm-hmm. I was 20 years in corporate Europe and I was mainly involved in human resources, training and development, leadership uh, development and um on top of that, the last 10 years, i worked for a retail company and tourism company. And you know, as an expert in customer um, experience, that especially in those industries, it's one of the most important things that matters because we work so directly with the customers. But in human resources, I was always fascinated by the fact that, you know, I was involved when people got hired. And when they got fired and everything in between. And Mm. very often we hired people that made such an... Impactful, first and lasting impression on us, right? They said all the right things during their interviews. They behaved exactly the way that we wanted them to behave. They even looked the way we wanted them to look and thought this is the number one candidate for this position. And years later, I had to fire them because of a total lack of performance. So at this point, I realized we have so many young and ambitious talents in the organization. Why don't we give them a chance or why do they not stand out to us as potential? potential candidates. And mm. I, for myself, started to studying everything around perception, judgmental thinking, unconscious biases, and the intelligence that we think we apply or in, in our subconscious mind and not what's written on paper um, and facts and figures, and realized there is a, such a huge gap between very often what we think is right and what is actually wrong. And from that journey, um, after 20 years, Uh, my lifelong dream came true. I always wanted to live in the United States. And when um, on November 20th, 2011, um, to make it quite personal here on this podcast, my husband walked into a room in a hospital where I just gave birth to our first daughter and said, I have a job offer in America. And I said, well, Let's go. I'm waiting for this my entire life. And he said, no, no, no. Uh The company is flying me back and forth for a while. You can come in half a year or so when you're settled with the baby. And I said, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. I applied my emotional mm-hmm. intelligence. I wish I, I could really say that it was probably I was more full of hormones and said, I'm coming with you. And <laughs> nine days later, I was with a newborn on a plane moved to the United States. And so then when I realized what I just did, I took a year off being a mommy and focusing on my newborn. And then afterwards I decided, why do I not change, uh, switch sides? I have this long corporate experience and you know exactly how valuable this is for organizations who want to hire you as a speaker, that you are not just coming from theory, you're bringing your practical knowledge um, with you. And so I switched sides and now I'm speaking to audiences around the world.
0: I think that you can add on to your stories, resilience, because... (laughs) to have a baby and then change your entire life all in the same time frame. I mean, that's resilience and, and, and,
1: and. (laughs) Yes, and that was a little bit of craziness. I remember still the call uh, that day on November 20th when I called my uh, CEO, um, which I had a wonderful relationship with and said, I have two great news for you. First, I just had a baby. And second... (laughs) I'm quitting. (laughs) But she was very understanding and supported me and we're still uh, good friends and in in contact.
0: Mm. Wow, we can take this show in many directions, but I'm going to stay on path. And... I want to dig deep into understanding those unconscious biases and brain processes that enhance the way we work, the way we deliver customer excellence. So let's start with, when I say doing CX right, what
1: does that even mean to you? Mm -hmm. Well, first and foremost... It means to understand that while we are all selling a service or a product, right, we very often get focused on the facts and on the uh, figures and the features and get into the hardcore information when we interact with customers, which is important which is absolutely important. You need to know what you are selling or what you are taking care of as a customer service representative, for example. However, what we often forget during this phase is the emotional connection that we need to make with that customer. And so let me share a little bit of brain performance with you. Um, every mm-hmm. single second, our brain um, transmits 11 million bits of information. Take that number in, 11 million bits of information. Now, around 5% of that information is transmitted in our conscious brain. Our conscious brain is that part of the brain where we make logical decisions, where we compare things like one price to the other price, one feature to the other feature. So this is where your customers really look into the data facts and figures that supports their decision to buy from you or not, or to complain Mm -hmm. about your product or not. Mm -hmm. But that's only 5%. Now, what is happening in the other... 95% of a customer's brain, this is their subconscious mind, uh, where they trust their gut feeling, where they are heavily influenced Mm. by their history, by their past experience, by the culture they grew in, by the things that have been taught to them, by their parents, by their mentors. So in that part of the brain, which is the very bigger part of the brain, we don't make logical decisions. We follow our gut feeling. But Mm -hmm. this also offers a huge opportunity for you as a customer experience expert because with the 5%, you can give your customers what they already know that they needed. That's why they came originally and bought your product or your service. But with the 95%, you can give them what they even didn't know that they needed. And that is to create that emotional connection uh, to them, to really show them instantly that you care about them and make them feel that they are valued and respected by you.
0: So how do companies, people listening to this, how do they actually tap into that to influence those emotions and Where does bias come in?
1: Mm -hmm. So we know that there are around 185 biases out there that we identified so far. Again, take that number in, 185 biases. And it's not that we apply one bias after the other. It's a mixture in every single uh, interaction that we have. But I I give you a simple example. Uh, Let's imagine you are responsible for a hotel right? And your customer mm-hmm. comes and checks in and that the check in, somehow they have um, a bad experience. Might be that the employee behind the checking counter is not friendly or has a bad day or so- something triggers their emotions. What instantly sets in is something called a halo effect. From now on, the customer will experience the entire state, Throughout the days in your hotel, influenced by the first interaction that they have, a bias called confirmation bias could kick in because our brain wants to be right we always look for confirmation so if the first interaction was bad we really want to be right and our brain instantly searches out proof that there must be something wrong with your hotel and they got to find it in your room with the room service with the food with with everything that you have to offer then anchoring bias might kick in because anchoring bias makes sure that they do not let go from that first interaction with you and they anchored in their brain. Bandwagon effect could kick in because then they go online and they find one other negative review of your company. And here they are, they feel confirmed and think, well, if others thought the same, I must be right. And so it Mm -hmm. goes on till to the moment when they check out. And even if, for example, the checkout experience is exceptionally well done Unfortunately, the recency effect makes sure that it's still influenced by the first interaction. And why is that? Very simple example. If I would give you now a list of 10 terms that you have to memorize or 20 terms, which terms do you usually recall the easiest? It's the first ones and the last ones. The last. One. And our brain very often saves energy in the middle. And so we very often focus, especially on that um first interaction, which will determine how the customer experiences the entire customer journey. But also mm. the last one is very important because this will determine if they ever come back. So mm. this is just a very simple example. Now, you can also use this to your advantage or misuse those unconscious biases, Imagine if you make it a priority that the first impression with your product, service, with your people, with your brand is extremely positive. Then confirmation bias kicks in too. And the customers instantly look for all the things that are right about you and your brand and your product and your service. And then when they go online and find another review that is positive, they think, well, I knew it anyways, because it's an amazing product or service, right? So you can influence the path of those unconscious biases a little bit by really thinking about how is the first interaction and which unconscious biases might kick in afterwards.
0: Mm. Now, as humans, we make mistakes. Yes. Companies are made of humans. Yes. So... Where do mistakes and the ownership of it impact those perceptions and bias? I mean,
1: is there a correlation? Um, Absolutely. We all make mistakes. I make mistakes every single day, even if you would think I'm a subject matter expert, because we are human beings. And sometimes we make those mistakes unconsciously. We are not even aware of it and we are not aware of the impact those mistakes have. And it Mm -hmm. will be difficult for you to determine those when they happen because they happen unconsciously. You might say something that offends the customer and you don't know why did it offend the customer because you don't know their history, you don't know their past experiences. So you you will always have that situation. Uh, and then if you realize it afterwards, it's important how you handle that mistake, right? Will mm. you apologize? Will you fix it? Will you offer something in exchange? I think my work is very much focused though on more intentional choices to avoid those mistakes. So because Mm -hmm. the other side of the coin is when you make those mistakes purposefully or because you don't care at this moment. And just to give you another insight into my work and just uh, because I mentioned that term, Over the past eight years, I have interviewed thousands of people and always ask them, what is the first word that comes to your mind when you think of a picture perfect, let's say doctor, or of a lawyer, or of a teacher? And so they gave me terms. And when it comes to customer relationships, the number one term customers want to instantly feel is that you care. Care has been the number one word. And so I encourage you to think about when were there moments where clearly the customer thought that I didn't care? And how can I create more moments and interactions where the customer instantly feels that I care? And care means feeling respected and valued.
0: All right. I believe everything you're saying let's get real. AI mm-hmm. technology is here. It's it's only getting more sophisticated and it has nothing to do with care.
1: Well, it depends a little bit how you program your AI and how clearly you tell the customer that it's actually AI so that they adjust their expectations. I think it's a huge mistake in uh, customer service and customer experience journeys to pretend that it's a human and in reality, it's AI. If I know that I'm talking to a computer, then I lower my expectations about the responses. And if I don't get further with the computer, well, then I want a human being to talk with me, right? But um, when it comes to human interactions, I always share a model very simple based on the letters A, B, C, D, E, what your options are in order to showcase to the customers that you care. And the A stands for your appearance, the way you look. Now you would think in in digital um, era that doesn't matter anymore, but that is simply not true because even the way you present yourself on the uh, internet is some sort of visual information. Sometimes even your voice can be turned into visual information because we all have had that experience, especially in customer service, you have somebody on mm-hmm. the phone And you think that you know how that person could look like, right? We create an image of that person in our head. But when it comes to in-person interactions, it's your body image, your clothing, your accessories, your hairs the entire um, image that you showcase to your customer. And uh, there is your first opportunity where you can show that you care because you, for example, dressed in a way that is respectful to your customer.
0: I was going to say that you, I always say to the customer service reps, that customers can hear your smile. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So what you just said is so true. Okay, go
1: on. Mm -hmm. And so with your appearance, there is a very simple principle. The moment you start caring about yourself, people think you have the capability to take care of them too. I rephrase that for you in a different way. If you don't take care of yourself first, people, including customers, will not think that you have the capability of taking care of them too. So start with yourself. And, you know, looking good is great, but it's clearly not enough because at one point you are going to behave It's your Mm. attitude, and as you just said, your attitude becomes visible and feelable with your voice, for example, with the words that you choose, Um, your charisma. Do you have charisma when you talk to your clients? Do you enter a room and they instantly see and feel that you are there? How about your ethics and your morals? How do you interact with them? Uh, What is your moral compass and what do you do when they are not watching? What decisions do you make about them? So Mm -hmm. your behavior, very often those micro moments, if you shake somebody's hands, look into somebody's eyes, they might not be important to you in that moment, but they might be very important to your customer at that moment. And then at Mm -hmm. one point, you're going to say something. So the C stands for your communication. And, uh, you know, communication starts first and foremost, not with talking, it starts with listening. How well do you listen to your clients? Or do you just say what you always say and thought you're gonna say? Or do you really listen to them and have the capability to react to their words rather than just spreading out what you wanted to say? Your body language. As you just said, even on the phone, it's something that we feel and hear and experience how much you care about us as customers or not. Your voice. Your voice is a very powerful tool. It is like an instrument that you play every single day. And most of us never learn to play that instrument. We just play it, right? Um, Yes. The the speed, the volume, the pausing. Um, Also, do you have, like I have, an accent that tells something about you or your grammar, your written communication, all the things that we communicate with our, our customers. We know, for example, that the first Eight words of every single conversation are the most important ones. People are going to remember you for the first, um, I said eight, no, for the first 11 words that you are saying. And so how do you start conversations with your customers? Do you just say, how are you doing? Well, then you already wasted half of the opportunity to impress them, right? Do you instantly call them by their name? People love to hear their own name or do you know something about their company because you have done research and you know some fact figure, something positive in the media? How do you start conversations?
0: That is so powerful. First, those 11 11- those those magical first eleven words, sure. and the communication also brings me back to what you said before around with the artificial intelligence. You said, you know what? Tell your customer this is a robot. The mm-hmm. transparency it yes. makes so much sense to build that trust
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and say it in some video or funny way, you know, there is, if you just say this is a robot talking with you, well, then you are setting the expectations very low, but make it somehow fun or video or creative. And I'm actually excited to, to try out your new AI robot, right? Yeah. Uh, which brings yes. me now to the D, your digital footprint. Um, you know, you cannot change anymore nowadays that you leave behind the digital footprint, but you can, Determine which one you leave behind, um, consciously and unconsciously or intentionally and unintentionally. Mm. The emails that you send out. You know, um, for in customer service, you might think that you respond to one person that's just reached out because they had one issue, for example, they want to have taken care of. But that email that you respond is not just for that one person. I could forward it and forward it and forward it and your organization could lose business right mm. now because somebody you didn't even know interacted with your brand makes the decision, well, based on that customer service, I'm not going to buy from them. Uh, virtual meetings. What do people see and experience when you are like we are now online in a digital space? What do I find about you on social media? Who hasn't mm. stopped? somebody we interacted with and then determined something about them because we saw their private Facebook profile or their Instagram accounts. What do I find about you on Google? So the most important part of The way how people perceive you and your organization nowadays has become the digital environment you operate in. And the last one is the environment for the human uh, people you surround yourself with, right? You are part, you are not just by your own. You represent your company, your team, your department, your family, your friends, your community. All the things that you surround yourself with might be human beings, but also non-living. Um, Things like which car do you drive? How does your house Mm. look like? Where do you live? Where do you go on vacation?
0: Hmm. The digital piece that you said before, I think what's important, not just that um, customers are gathering that information on companies, Mm. what I've seen companies miss is doing the reverse paying attention, what your customers are saying, all in those omni-channels and doing something with it. So it's two-way.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, you know, very often I get asked, well, how can you measure emotional intelligence in an organization or also related to, yeah. to customer satisfaction? And I know you are way more exper- have way more expertise than I have, but I just assume there are KPIs that you measure, there are some satisfaction rates that you measure... But the truth is, it is way more easier and effective to measure emotional intelligence by listening actively what they t- try to tell you in between the lines with their posts mm-hmm. on social media, for example. Um, mm-hmm. Or if you um, listen proactively when you get introduced to somebody else who is sub- supposedly, or you refer, you're you are getting referred, which words are they using to describe your brand or you or your product? So companies should also listen to this. Very often when we have um, service serving uh, customers about their experience, we want to make it easy for us, for the organization, and we just give them multiple choice or single choice options. But what about open text questions that we try to avoid because Because the data is not as easy to handle, but the truth is in there when they can speak and write what they really feel about you or if others uh, write about it. The reality is how you are perceived is not what people tell you to your face. It's what they actually say about you behind your back. And that is also true for companies.
0: When you're not in the room. Well, We're going to do some rapid fire questions here as we're coming to the end. This has gone way too fast. fast. Um, (laughs) Best leadership advice that you've received in your lifetime or you gave to somebody else?
1: Wow, that's a loaded and important question. Um, Choose to be unique. And that is an intentional choice that you have to make as a leader or as an organization. Choose to stand out. Choose to be different. Uh, Don't choose to just be better because then you bring yourself, your brand and your organization constantly into a comparison trap. Do something different, something has never done before.
0: Sylvia, you are walking that talk. So I love that advice. Secondly... If I had a ton of business leaders, entrepreneurs, CEOs in my room right now, what's the Mm -hmm. one takeaway you want them to remember around emotional intelligence and unconscious biases? Mm -hmm. Perception
1: is reality. And with that, I'm not saying that perception is true and right, but it's the reality to your customers. And that moment when they perceive you in a very specific way, they think that they are right. And for that reason, perception must be reality to you too.
0: Mm, Beautifully said. And last one, personally or professionally, I'd like to know, If you could go back in time to your younger 20-year-old self based on what you know now that you didn't know then, what would you tell the younger Sylvie?
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. Well, first, the younger one, I would say sleep more. Sleep more now. Before you have children, before you have your own business, just sleep more on a personal note. But I think if I would go back, I would tell myself, you are going to be fine. Don't you worry Mm. so much. You're going to be fine. Just try to do the best you can every single day and you're going to be fine.
0: Do your kids take that advice?
1: I hope so. I I, I try to to live it uh, every single day in front of them.
0: Mm. Yes. Everything you said, by the way, around the ABCDE Mm -hmm. (laughs) is absolutely applies to parenting as well as customer experience.
1: Yes, yes. I'm telling you, my two teenage kids, they test my emotional intelligence every single day. (laughs) Yes. And
0: I also get rated. uh,
1: Also, my customer experience every single day when I cook, I get rated between one (laughs) and 10 for instant feedback. (laughs)
0: I love that. And my kids also will call me and say, mom, I got to tell you, I just ate at this restaurant or I just went to this event and it was bad. Let me tell you why. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So they're paying attention. Oh, goodness. Well, Thank you so much for being here. And I encourage everybody listening to uh, look at the show notes. There'll be all the information on where to find Sylvie and connect and learn from. So thank you very much for being here.
1: Thank you very much, Stacey, for having me. And thank you very much to everyone out there who tries to care about their customers.
0: Yeah, definitely care.